Welcome back to LMV Podcast. So here's the deal with this episode. We might see some division amongst our listeners depending on which side you fall on. The forest or the trees. This riddle should be unpacked the more you listen to what our esteemed guest speaker has to say. Jennifer Knott, a project manager out of Central Florida office, has been recognized for her view of the trees. And it's a pretty good view, I'd say. I'm your host, Katie Mystery, with Learning and Engagement. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, Jen. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So walk me through your work with the large, uh, well-known entertainment company that shall remain unnamed. Um, I know you're working on a project that has had some interesting challenges and uh, successes as well. So what was what's it like working with them um, and what are you doing with them right now? So I started working back in January of 2020. Um, this unnamed project, uh, Highly Confidential, is going to be uh, an amazing project. Hopefully in the upcoming months, um, they'll be able to start featuring it. Basically, the project started off with a really aggressive schedule. We were awarded the job in January, and we were asked to be complete uh, with all scope within six months. But unfortunately, yeah, um, a lot of pressure. Yeah. But unfortunately, during that that time, I mean, it was 2020. And in March, uh, just as we were starting to, you know, fine tune some of the details specific to the project, COVID happened and the project Mm -hmm. was shut down. Oh, my gosh. People can resonate with that, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. What was that break like, though? Was that I mean, could you do any other preparatory work? during that time? Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, you know, web meetings where we dug into a lot of the details, but at that time there was a lot of uncertainties and unknowns where they had to do a lot of furloughs. Um, so unfortunately it just, it made sense to stop a lot of those, those meetings, um, in April. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, that probably was choppy even getting back to work. Um, But, you know, aside from COVID, because that definitely complicates things, what's it like working for this client in particular? This particular team was very easy to work with. We had a lot of incomplete design, but as a whole, we pulled together as a team. We, you know, hounded them for information. They were receptive to the needs of of us and providing us with the information, um, which I think overall led to to the great success of this project. Man, that's so, and of course, COVID did complicate that. But even through the midst of coming back in July of 2020, you were able to work with them well in getting, you know, in getting information. I just, it blows my mind. And I'm just saying this because information was hard to come by from anyone in 2020. <laughs> Not just, you know, at work, um, but in our personal lives, in the country, in the world. So I can imagine that would have been more of a difficulty, but it sounds like you worked through it. It was. I mean, it was definitely a challenge because for the three months that I was disconnected from this project, I started taking on responsibilities of a new project, knowing oh, that Lord. I wasn't going to be yeah. there long term, but I still had to give it my all. So 
it was a little bit of a difficult transition going from the temporary project back to the project. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like I said, it had been like a three month gap and, you know, I don't, I don't remember everything. I have to refer back to my notes. So it was almost like oh, starting yeah. all over. Starting all over again. Was that, I mean, I don't even really know how to ask it, but was it demoralizing kind of to start all over again or were you ready to go? You were, you were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. What was your perspective? I think we were ready to go. Um, you know, my superintendent had unfortunately been furloughed uh, during the time that the project was shut down. So his eagerness and willingness to come back, you know, only inspired me to yeah. really, you know, kind of pick up the ball where where we had left it and and fish for that information and push for that information. So I, I think that we were in a better place coming back. I think it was a good a good break. Okay, good. That's good to know. So, so the point of this podcast, I mean, that's good background that helps sets us up. Um, I really want to know how do details come into play in your role with this project? Because it's my understanding that you are known for being detail oriented. That is, um, that is something that people, they say, oh, Jen, detail oriented. (laughs) So how does that work? Um, well, I mean, I, I love that that is uh, a characteristic of my reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was very fortunate when I started with Harbor, I was able to work with the legendary uh, Dave Brecht, who was from Limbach. He started at corporate and mm-hmm. managed this transition down here into Florida. But, you know, one of the big things that Dave always taught me was you know, dig into the details and follow up. You have to follow up on everything. Mm. Um, I almost keep like a diary. I, I write everything in my journal every day. Okay. I take notes as I complete the activities in my journal. I highlight them so that I know they're completed. Um, but, you know, as, as far as detail specifics related to the project, like, you have to know those things. You you have to want to dig into those details because at the end of the day, it, it just leads to your success um, in completing the project um, and, and yeah. basically bringing the owner across the finish line because that's that's our ultimate goal. You know, we want to make the owner happy and get more work down the road. So yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> details help us do that. Details definitely help us do that. Yeah. Okay, so I did a little research. Um... And by far, the top reason for being detail-oriented is catching and preventing mistakes. That's what I, that's what I found. Um, and, and you're also part of our Lead Level 2 program, and leading by example is another big one that came up, uh, not only in the Lead program, but also in this details research I was conducting. People suggest, um, they suggest being detail-oriented because your team watches what you do. And they take notice of what you focus on. So if you don't pay attention to getting to the details right, then they won't feel the need to worry about them either. Have you seen that as the case in your experience? Absolutely. Um, you know, you have to get familiar with the project. You have to get familiar with the, the specifications, scope of work. I mean, like I said, it directly affects the success of your project. But knowing these details and collaborating them with your team, um, it, it's crucial. And yeah. You know, it also helps you to identify any potential milestone impacts. You know, there's 
there's a lot of activities. There's a lot of uh, forefronted information that has to be in, in and complete uh, in order for us to execute our work and, and vice versa for other trades as well. Um, so, you know, being detail oriented, it, it just really helps you identify those activities. It helps you so that you're not creating delays to yourself and to others. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a financial impact for, for not understanding the details specific to your scope. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah. yeah you have to know about, about those things. Financial impact, relational impact, because like you said before, I mean, it, it helps get the owner over the finish line right? If you're the one taking on the details of the project. But how do you not get overwhelmed by the details? Because I would imagine as a project manager, there's a lot to manage. Yeah, you just have to bite it off, you know, piece by piece as you go. You can't take it all on all at once. You kind of just have to, you know, chip at it a, a little bit as you go. And um, I mean, that's personally how, how I mm -hmm. handle those those items as they come up. I mean, there's definitely a lot to know. There's there's a lot of risk, um, yeah. but as long as you're looking ahead and you identify what those potential items can be and you work on them in, in small small increments, I think you're you're more set up for success. Yeah, I, that makes sense. Like like you said, biting off a little bit at a time. Um, so I want to talk more about that, actually. That leads perfectly into one of my next questions for you. But we have come to the point in our show where we have a quick game to play because part of this is not just learning how to manage a project, how to get into the details of things, but part of it is also to get to know you a little bit better. So this segment is called Would You Rather. Have you heard of it? Nope. All right, I'm going to give you two options, and you have to choose the option that you prefer and tell us why. Simple as that. Would you rather? Would you rather live without the internet or live without AC and heating? Mm, that's a tough one. But know, right? if I had to give one up, it would definitely be the internet. You know, I'm an 80s baby. I grew up before the internet. And so I you know what it's like. <laughs> yes, I feel like it brings out your creative side, your your imagination. Not having the internet, like you know, you gotta. But what about Google, Jen? Googling things is like that. really wow. You're good. You're good. I mean, as a tried and true millennial, I don't know. I don't know if I could live without the internet, but I also don't know if I could live without AC and heating. <laughs> I was curious what you were going to say because Florida in the summertime, that AC, you'd want that. Right. But most of the time, you know, when I'm not working, spending my time on the boat, in the water. So oh, the water yeah. is very refreshing. So it, it takes care of the summer heat. So you're good. Okay. Well, that's an easy one then. That's an easy would you rather. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad you have an obvious choice in that one. I'd be very curious to put this question to uh, 90s, 2000s. I mean, let's compare the generations here and see what they would say. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I think I know the answer to that. But. Yeah, I think so too, <laughs> but I don't want to assume. Um, all right. So here's, let's get back to this question because the last thing you said you were talking about, you know, um, we were talking about not getting overwhelmed by the details and having things in place to really 
make sure that you're, t you're biting off, you know, a little bit at a time for those small wins. Um, but here's the controversial part, I think, of this whole discussion. What about being a visionary? And how does one balance the vision with noticing the little things? Yeah, so that's a tough one. And I never really looked at myself as a visionary. Um, but, you know, this experience has kind of made me look a little bit inward. Um, but in one word, it's exhausting. Yeah. It, it truly is. Because at least in my experience, you know, I'm always trying to stay ahead of the curve. Um, I find myself waking up in the middle of the night like one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, more times than, than not, I feel like that's when I do some of the best work because wow. I think my mind is clear. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, what comes next, just proactive plans to try to stay ahead or what happens if. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, even with all the stresses that, that come with, each project in its unique circumstances, you know, we, we pull together as a team and we mm -hmm. get through it. Mm -hmm. And, and the question I asked you, um, you definitely answered it, but I asked, I used the phrase noticing the little things. And I'm just thinking now, what are those little things? So what does, when you wake up at one or 2 AM, which sounds terrible by the way, but I, I get it <laughs> when you have a lot on your mind. Um, when you wake up at that time and you start thinking about the next thing, I'm sure you're, because you're detail oriented, you're like, okay, these are the little things that I need to do to get to that next thing. What are they? And how do you identify what the little things are? Sometimes it's, uh, you know, did I release, you know, air distribution? It needs to be here in four weeks. Did I <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it could be something as, as small as, did I release the material or did I handle myself the right way in that conversation in front of the GC or the owner? Um, did, did I make sure to order something? Like for me, it's, yeah. it's always, um, you know, I, I always tend to worry. I, I worry that I haven't done enough. If that makes any sense. No, it does make sense. And I've actually heard from quite a few people that, worrying, uh, you heard this too, actually, in lead level two um, from our guest speaker, that worrying makes great leaders. And, and what he meant by that wasn't necessarily that you're anxious, but that you are constantly thinking about what's going on, what's coming up next, what you just did. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just, I guess it's part of the job and it's part of growing too and understanding that what we do affects so much around us. Right. I just, I just don't want to forget something. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot to it. And aside from taking notes and communicating the needs, the upcoming needs from the fields, just, there's just a lot of gray areas. And sometimes you just get so busy that the smallest thing will come up and it just, it presents itself as such a huge problem. You know, I, I want to try to yeah. avoid it as much as possible. And so you do avoid that or you try to avoid it by writing it down in your journal, right? Yep. Yeah. Writing it down in my journal. I like to try to have, you know, walks with the guys in the field, walking the job at least two or three times a week. That way we're identifying some of the issues that 
they get busy, they don't necessarily communicate it to me the day of. So sometimes just walking it um, helps us identify some of these potential issues, talking with the guys, finding out what their needs are. Um, we've got a, a couple of whiteboards in here in our job trailer that we're constantly putting notes on just to kind of keep each other um, up to speed with what mm -hmm. we're each dealing with and what we're handling. And Yeah. So that's a norm that your team has developed. Like go to the whiteboard if you want to see the latest. It is. Yeah. We, we try to keep the lines of communication open. Um, I've been working with the same uh, superintendent for the last, you know, year and almost five months now. So I think that we've been able to figure out what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and just kind of like build off of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I, I'm curious when you're walking the job and because you're noticing the details, right? You're, you're, and you're looking at the next thing. Um, if you see a mistake, how do you approach that? So if it's a mistake that one of our guys did, um, I wouldn't necessarily use the word mistake. At least I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I would just say it just it provides us with an opportunity, um, you know, to speak to that individual, ask them why they installed it that way and not based on the drawings. Um, you know, it just it it promotes growth and opportunity. I think mm -hmm. so. I don't want to look at at it as a, a mistake per se, um, because it could have been a lack of communication from right. myself or from Chris. Um, so you've got to first um, identify why the mistake happened and mm -hmm. turn it into an opportunity, not a problem. Wow, that's such a mindset thing too. And I, and I can imagine that would be difficult for a lot of people to do. I mean, I can think about it and in, in the moment, it's hard to regulate and be like, oh, this is an opportunity. And, and speaking of opportunities, as you're talking, I'm thinking this is a really good educational opportunity um, because what we're talking about is, you know, being on a project site, working a job. So how do you, and again, comes back to details, how do you set up and how do you build a job and manage it so you can stay on top of the little things? Well, I mean, it takes a team in order to do it, to be successful okay. at it. Um, you know, you just, at the end of the day, you have to have a good understanding of what you're responsible for, what your team is, is capable of without your influence. Um, so at the end of the day, you just, you have to collaborate. You've got to get with your team, be able to solve problems as a group. Um, you know, we all have different opinions and ideas. Does it start, does this process of collaboration start with, a kickoff meeting like how does how does it even how does even looking at all these details begin what do you do first I mean you can be very granular here with me um well do I answer that with honesty or do <laughs> <laughs> because that's a honestly, good question most of the time we're not really given the opportunity to to dive in deep I mean it's hit the ground running it's, it's go 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 Yes, that's usually how the projects are, are kicked off. But yeah, we do, we have kickoff meetings. Um, we get together, we do page flips. Uh, we go over the scope that we're responsible for. Um, so there, there is a lot of involvement, um, you know, internally with all of our resources at Harper when 
you know, we're, we're given a project to, to start off with. But at the end of the day, I just, I really feel like the biggest educational opportunity that, that I could give advice on is to just be open, collaborate, share your ideas. Um, you know, don't be scared to speak up. Don't be scared to ask questions. I, I mean, there's just so much mm -hmm. that, that I may not know, but the only way I'm going to get there is to just at the end of the day, ask the question and don't right. be scared to do it because if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> Good point. Oh, I really like that. That's a great lesson to learn, um, especially when we're talking about details because you're not going to get everything. Right. We just can't. We just can't do it. So being a part of a team that trusts each other is probably the best way to capture all the details and keep the vision. Absolutely. And Gmail also offers a really, really great function. It's called Snooze because yes. you get hundreds of emails a day. Maybe not hundreds, but close. I get a lot of emails. And, you know, sometimes you can't tackle and handle all of those items in one day. So if you just snooze it to tomorrow, it works great. So are, are you like me in that you can't, you can't have a bunch of emails in your email at once, like unread? Yes. I can't I can see have, that. I can have a list of 20 things that need to get done, but I have to tackle the email first. Like email is first on my list. I don't know why. <laughs> Snooze is a lifesaver, and if our listeners, if you haven't been using Snooze, you gotta you gotta use it because it it changed my life. <laughs> Not to be dramatic or anything, but it is. It's a great tool um, to to just you know I can I can't deal with that this week. I gotta deal with it next week. <laughs> exactly, it's great. It's great. So is that a way that you know we were talking before about not getting overwhelmed? Is that another way? another tool or technique that you use to kind of push things off, to defer things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, along with my journal, um, mm -hmm. I, I try to put things in order as far as, you know, I, I, I try to assign myself due dates for completion um, mm -hmm. to complete certain tasks. So that, in addition to the snooze, are definitely good, good tools. Okay. Good to know. And what are the most, bringing it back to the project that you're working on, and I know we can't talk too much about the details of that, but what are the most challenging details of it that you've come across so far that you can share? The most challenging details, project specific, um, yes. lack of design, I would say was challenge number one. Um, you know, typically we're handed off a project, that we receive a model on, we coordinate it, we create shop drawings. Um, this project was completely opposite of, of any of that. It was basically, here's a partial model. By the way, a lot of the design is not complete um, and mm -hmm. we don't have an engineer of record anymore. So we need Harper's help on the mechanical piece to finalize the design. So. Um, it was definitely a challenging project. I learned a lot. We had an amazing team, not only the Harper team, but the Disney team. They were very open and receptive. They understood the challenges that we were all up against. Yeah. Um, and, you know, aside from having multiple meetings every week, but unfortunately that's what we had to do with this particular project just to get through it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But Collaboration, yeah. like you said. Yes. Very important. So... 
you know, you already mentioned some best practices, you know, being open, asking questions. Um, if people are more visionary than detail oriented, what would you tell them specifically that they should try and practice? Well, if they're more visionary than detail oriented, I would say if it's if it's not going to cause any problems getting back to sleep, I would say keep a journal next to your bed. And yeah. when something work-related pops up that you think you may be forgetting or that's really important that you don't want to forget, write it down, almost like a dream journal. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Right next to your bed, next to a glass of water. <laughs> Turn the light on. Write down what you're thinking so you don't. And in the morning. House. Yeah, in the morning, hopefully it's legible and you can remember what you were thinking of. And hopefully you can go back to sleep. Yes, hopefully. Oh That's man, that is the hope. Yeah. Right, right. But it works for you because you can stay on top of things. So it does. It definitely has its benefits. Um, Jen, we're almost nearing the end here, but I do have one last question for you. Um, and it's called our curveball question. It's one that you have not received ahead of time. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. Who is an example of someone you admire who balances the visionary outlook with paying attention to the details? Is there someone who does both of those really well? I mean, like just this one name always pops up in my mind and I mean, he truly was such an inspiration to me. Um, I, I, I think so highly of him, but it's Dave Brecht. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, he, he really, he was very passionate about what he did for our organization. His intent was always to do the right thing. Sometimes he would get a little squirrely and, um, yeah. you know, and, poke the bear, but if you could refine that piece and within him, he, he'd be perfect. Yeah. That sounds like it. I mean, I, you mentioned him earlier and based on my interactions with him too. And if our listeners haven't ever met Dave, I mean, you're getting a good taste of who the guy is just from, <laughs> just from our conversation here. I mean, he was a go-getter and I agree with you. Like he wanted to see the organization succeed, which is that visionary component, you know? Um, and so I'm glad you have a role model like that. I think that's really important for all of us to have someone that we can look up to. And I do really believe, Jen, that having this conversation and recording this podcast, um, this episode and people listening to it will give them someone to admire. Um, and you are that someone. And I just appreciate the time that you've spent talking to me about this topic um, and you, you're in a, a job trailer right now and the, <laughs> I know there, you got a lot going on. So I appreciate the time. Thank you for sharing your insight on this. And I look forward to future discussions and I hope this project goes well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, honestly, I, I mean, words can't describe when the email came across that you wanted to do a podcast with me and, uh, the attention that, I'm getting, I guess it's just, it's, it's great. It's yeah. great. And it inspired me in so many different ways along with the leadership journey that we're on. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what do you think? Are you more forest focused or trees focused? 
As a project manager, it pays to be focused on the trees while still being able to see and communicate the forest. Jen has shared some truly helpful hints like keeping a journal glued to you at all times, even next to your bed at night. Her story is one of success, so we can learn a lot from her, whether we're working on a project, in finance, in a corporate department, wherever we are managing multiple things at one time, which, let's face it, is the norm for most of us. But here's the final word, folks. To be recognized for a job well done and to continue growing as a leader, no matter what you're doing, wherever you're doing it, it's all in the details. Catch you next time on LMB Podcast. Thank you.